Psalm 124 is a cry for help, but it's a cry for help that's answered. David recalls a time in his life, we don't know exactly when, but a time in his life where he said, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, and then he tells us all sorts of things that might have happened if the Lord had not been on his side. We'll talk about help today. We've talked about repentance, providence, worship, service, and now a cry for help. In fact, David says, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Now, of all the things that David talked about, the Lord being on our side gives a variety of pictures. I want to say, first of all, that it's probably a reflection as we would have been singing this walking uphill along the narrow road that passed through different valleys and washes where rivers would sometimes appear out of nowhere as a result of rain at higher elevation, that we would have been thankful that the Lord was on our side because to one side would have been a drop-off. To the other side, there was a hill, some place to get a little bit closer. This past year when my friend Steve and I went to the Grand Canyon, we started early in the morning. It was dark. All we had were our headlamps. The wind was blowing 30 plus miles an hour. It was below freezing. And we looked at each other and said, what are we doing? If we hadn't come this far, we would just turn around and call it a day. We began gingerly to walk and then run a little bit. And as we carried on, unable to see what was on our side over the edge, we made sure that we were very tight to the face of the mountain where the trail was. You'd come around a bend and all of a sudden you'd get a big gust of wind in your face. Another bend you might go around as you follow the switchbacks down into the Grand Canyon some 5,000 feet down. The wind would come behind you and you never knew quite what to expect. As we got a little bit lower, slowly the wind began to dissipate at the higher elevation and we could relax a little bit and there was a calm, just peaceful feeling about having been through the storm, so to speak, and now not having to worry so much about being on the edge. These Israelites would have walked that road and thought how thankful we are that we're not down there. And there would have been times where you would walk that road and there would have been raging waters or currents coming down that would have been extremely dangerous. But most of the time it would have seemed like just a little low spot in the road, perhaps. And so David says, the Lord is on our side. He's protecting us. He's watching over the precarious situations in our life. And David here has in mind probably certain things that he had gone through specifically, physically, where the Lord had rescued him, where it was though he was a, a bird caught in a snare and couldn't fly any longer, but the Lord had been on his side. Specifically, he's talking here about people attacking him. He said the waters would have engulfed us. They would have swallowed us alive. Their anger flared against us. The torrent would have swept over us. There's a progressively bad 
nature to what David talks about. But the point of him sharing this is if the Lord had not been on our side, this would have happened. But the fact is, the Lord was on our side. Now think about the Lord being on your side, not maybe the literal side that they were walking on, but just think of him being on your side, your team, a part of your group. He is for us, Scripture says. That is, he's on our side. We have him before us and behind us, as David would say in other places. I think we get a twisted view sometimes of who our Father is. Perhaps you think of him as somebody who's just waiting expectantly for you to fail. Maybe you view him in an incorrect way that he's a father who just really wants you to mess up so he can discipline you. Our father demonstrates his character by sending his son, showing us that he's for us. He sent him to die while we were yet his enemies. And then the writer of Romans, Paul, would say, so how much more that we are now his friends having been reconciled to him, how much more? So the idea is now that we are walking with him, if that's the choice that you've made, how much more is he for us? He wants us to succeed. When we stumble, he's ready to pick us up. And yeah, there are difficult things that we're going to go through. We may experience times of discipline of our own doing in our life, but he is for us. He's on our side. And that's why David could say, when he wrote, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, but he was on our side. There's a rhythm to this psalm that could lend itself almost to our own psalm of our own life. Can you think of some time when you had an experience where for a moment it seemed like all was lost? Or maybe you were overwhelmed like David writes about here, feeling like the waters were about to overwhelm you, you were about to be engulfed, physically speaking. But then the Lord showed up in some unexpected way. So, if the Lord had not been on our side, you think, wow, where would I have gone? What would I have done? But He did show up. Then, I'm going to do this. Therefore, I'm going to live in this sort of way. That's really where the psalm takes us. So he says, Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. Just think of how quickly the bird flies away once he's been released. The snare has been broken. And I want you to think the snare, the trap, that really allows us to take this psalm out of just the, the physical and to really think about how Scripture talks about the snare or the trap that we found ourselves in that we couldn't escape from by ourselves, It really takes this psalm and allows us to apply it in a spiritual way. So if the Lord had not been on our side, but He is, and as a result of that, therefore, praise be to the Lord. The snare has been broken. We have escaped our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'd like to encourage you to take this psalm and to say, 
if the Lord had not been on my side, this is probably where I would be. Don't dwell on that too long, but just think about the reality of it. But he did this. He showed up in this way at this time, helped me in this circumstance. Therefore, I'm going to do this. If, but, therefore. We can write our own psalm using the pattern that David gives us in Psalm 124. And we can write our own psalm of help. And then we can assuredly say, just like David does in the last line of this psalm, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Just write that statement out. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help. Our. That makes it personal, but something that we've experienced together with other people. So make it personal. Make it very real for you. This belongs to me. This is my story. This is what the Lord has done for me. Our help. Help comes in a variety of different ways. Wherever the circumstance, whatever the situation, He can provide the help. And it's just exactly what we need at just the right time. Our help is in the name of the Lord. It's in His name. It's in His reputation. It's in His authority. That's how we have to consider passages that speak of the name of the Lord. It's not just saying it. It's not just uttering that name. But it's considering the reputation of our Lord. In other words, our sovereign God. And that's who this verse is speaking of. Specifically to the Father and His reputation. He had a reputation amongst the gods of the other nations of being the one that could take his people out of the most dire circumstances and make it evident that it was him and him alone. That's why he chose people who were often weak. That's why he used a nation that was smaller than the nations that surrounded them. And so for all these reasons, there was ample opportunity for David to say, our help is in the name of the Lord. And then just a reminder to previous Psalms, he's the maker of heaven and earth. That's the one that we serve. As we close, think with me about the words of Joshua from Joshua chapter 23. We'll read here beginning in verse 8. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as He promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Joshua is encouraging the Israelites before his death in the same pattern that David uses. If, but he was, and here's what he did do, therefore, he says, be careful to love the Lord your God. Now verse 12 but if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. So at the end of the day, he says, make sure that you 
align yourself with the Lord after he has rescued you. So in the way that Joshua was speaking, if the Lord has given you this land, if the Lord has fought these battles for you, don't go put yourself in situations that will lead you astray. When we realize what the Lord has done for us, let's fly like the bird was intended to fly. Let's soar, and let's do so with the one who has been our help, the maker of heaven and earth. So remember, if, buts, therefore. Write your own psalm, praise the Lord for it, and let's continue to walk uphill together.